You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com. Welcome to Super Arrogant Bros, recorded on August 2nd, 2020. I am Dirk, and with me is Stev. How you doing, buddy? I am doing just fine. So I've been meaning to ask you here. Mm. So I have been researching more and more into the factions of Warhammer 40k. Mm -hmm. I have been uh, watching Bricky's one-hour videos about the factions, Mm -hmm. going from the humans to the Xenos and more. Yeah. So here's what I want to ask you, buddy. Yeah? Yeah, there, There are... There are editions that are out there where you can get the core rule book with a faction as well that's coming out at least, correct? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've been leaning towards the orcs. Mm-hmm. And I have also been looking at the demons of corn. Oh. Do you have any thoughts between those two factions? Both of them are very combat focused. Like, don't get me wrong. But, gosh. When it comes down to like what each one of them do, the the commonalities the commonalities that they both have are going to be just close combat. Go up to someone's face, punch it in the face, keep punching until they fall down. Yeah. Repeat process, add in venom. Um, but the thing that sets the orcs away from demons is orcs have a lot of shooting. They love their shooting. Yeah. They love punching people. They love going fast, and they love having big, humongous mechs. Demons, on the other hand, they don't have any shooting. Right, right. They don't have any shooting, and they are also very reliant on synergy. So, for instance, like, if I was to put a squad of ten blood letters against a squad of ten orcs, I'd put my money on the orcs, because they have a lot more attacks. Sure, they they don't have armor, but it doesn't really matter, because they're, they're hitting hard and they're hitting fast. Sure. But when it comes down to orcs... Uh, They don't really require that much synergy. You just need to understand that you're going to lose a lot of models, so you need to buffer a lot of models. The same thing with demons. However, losing a character in a demon's army is a lot more impactful than losing a character in, uh, like, an orc's army. Like, sure, you're getting plus ones to your charges and plus ones to all that stuff, but demons definitely need their characters in in order for them to kind of carry on the fight. So having a lot of heralds, having a lot of, like, making sure that your HQ choices, your, basically your leaders of your army for corn staying alive, increases your odds of actually surviving the fight Okay, a lot more. So if you just want to get in and just punch people and not worry about casualties, I would honestly say just play orcs, get a bunch of orcs, throw them on the field. You have a lot of different ways of customization. A lot of different ways of building an army. I have seen the speedy side of orcs. I've seen the tanky side of orcs. I've seen the mob side of orcs. I am a demons player, and I have played every single like 
sub-faction for demons. What I can tell you is that Corn is probably going to be the weakest of them all, unfortunately. Okay, and why is that? Well, Corn's whole beef is just, I'm going to cleave you in twain with my Hellblades, right? But they don't really get that many of att- they don't get that many attacks. They're not tanky. They're not fast. They don't have shooting that they re- they can rely on if they if if they can't get into close combat. Corn, you just have to throw everything at the enemy, no tactics whatsoever, and just hope to God that some of them get there in the end. Which is why you will see a lot of demon players just field hundreds of just these minor demons. And just hope to God that they actually get in the close combat. Okay. Now with uh, with starting out and getting the models and and the books, uh, is it worth it to me more to just buy a start collecting box for the orcs and getting the ninth edition core rulebook? Yes. Okay. The start collecting box is meant for people, for newer people to get into the game, kind of get accustomed to what the models are going to look like get accustomed to building them, get accustomed to painting them, and then, you know, then you start playing the game. Okay. But with corn, I probably wouldn't do that because they're not exactly the strongest right now. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, even with the revamps to what close combat is, it's just, it's it's getting there is going to be the hard part. Slanesh, they're very fast. They're very effective. They can punch people straight in the dick before anyone can punch them back. Nurgle, they can take the shots. I have had entire tournaments hinge on the fact that it is hard as hell to get rid of their uh, get rid of their basic troops because they have so many defensive capabilities to where it's like if you don't devote everything into a single big blob of plague bearers, which are your basic troops, they're tanky as shit. They have modifiers to get hit, so every single time you're shooting at them, it's really hard, especially if they're in mobs of 20 or even 30, because in the lore, there's a bunch of flies that are just flying around them, and so it's harder for you to like see whether or not a hit actually hits. And even if you do get through all of, the, all of that, you still have to worry about their invuln saves, which is basically... A fancy way of saying that they have a magical force field around them, protecting them from harm. And then if you get through that, then you have to worry about them making something that is known as a feel no pain save. Whereas if they are about to lose a wound, or if that model is about to be destroyed, you just roll a dice. Oh, I negate that wound. Keep going. Like, I just got shot with a giant laser cannon in the face, and I didn't take any damage. Okay. Because I'm a hardy boy. Zinch. Shooting. Psychic powers. Literally everything in their army revolves around shooting really fucking hard and really fucking fast. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, yeah. Thank you for answering that. Um, Now, by the way, before we really get into the show as well, I also guested on a podcast called WKey Podcast. Ooh. And we did this live, and it was being streamed through Twitch, and it was a lot of fun. I got Mm -hmm. to be able to chat and hang out with uh, Josh and Matt, the the host of the show, and I got a promo to play for the show, and we'll, we'll play that right now here. Are you interested in all things gaming and streaming? Then you should be listening to the greatest gaming show on the interwebs, the WKey Podcast, hosted by two brothers who love all things gaming-related. Their skills in-game may be subpar, but that won't stop them from dishing out hot takes on all of the latest news. Join <laughs> Jay Frosty and Technique on the WKey Podcast, the greatest gaming show you need to be listening to. 
Yeah, so I just guessed it on that uh, today as of this recording. And on Wednesday this week, the episode should be getting released. So be on the lookout for when I post that that uh, episode out on the Facebook uh, links and on Twitter as well. You know, it was, it was pretty cool. And, and I hope to be able to uh, come and chat on with them again. And I hope to be able to come in and chat with them again soon. I too am okay at video games. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, let's go ahead and get into the games of the week. Games of the week. In Batman Arkham Asylum, it really makes you feel like Spider-Man. I hold up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've I've been going through the uh, Arkham Revisited games in the on the PlayStation Four, mm-hmm. and God damn, in certain ways, Arkham Asylum really is the best one out of the Arkham games. I disagree but okay that's fine that's fine i i would have disagreed if i was talking to myself back in 2011 when what arkham city came out because to me that uh, that just fucking blew me away but a combination of the aesthetics but also the level design that arkham asylum had to have it all worked and work and interconnect together it felt very much like a metroidvania but you're playing as batman and being able to notice that when going through this game, it's uh, it's a trip. It's a trip, and it it brings in a lot of of key factors that make this what it was for me. The scarecrow levels, uh, the detective work it th- within uh, Arkham itself, the the uh, way of trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B using things like the zip line and realizing, oh, I can just uh, get to the sniper right there from from uh, this rooftop to that rooftop, and there I get into the same building that I've been into before, but the front doors are locked. I love it. I absolutely love this fucking game. And um, being able to replay this thing again, it's it's fucking great. And then you get to see the the influence that the Arkham games have had on other superhero games, and not just that one, but also the the Shadows of Mordor games as well. Which I, I mean, they're okay, but they're they're no Batman. I liked them. Honestly, my favorite out of the out of the entire trilogy, it honestly has to be Arkham Knight. Yeah. It feels so fucking good. Dude, it felt great. Except for going between the Batmobile and just gliding around, I felt almost no reason to use the Batmobile. I mean, there are certain parts in the... Well, there are multiple parts in the game where it's like, yeah, this is actually kind of fucking cool. Yeah. Whereas, while Arkham City and Arkham Knight expanded into Gotham City... The Arkham Asylum game was was shining with with what it was not able to do. It was able to um, brighten up the key factors for it with the with the limitations that it had. Yeah, and I I, I don't want to say spoilers, but I just it's it's been God knows how long since Arkham well since Arkham City's been out, but I don't know why. But I think Arkham. Night feels a lot better now that Joker isn't the revolving villain. Yeah, well, he's still a key factor in... But he's not the main villain. Yeah. That's the big point. Yeah. Because it is, it's it's Scarecrow. He, like, it's, 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 it's a combination between Batman's psyche being splintered because of the Joker toxin and Scarecrow's uh, nightmare fuel. I don't remember what exactly he calls it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you get the idea. It's, it just... 
it feels like there were there was a lot more on the line. It wasn't just Gotham that was about to fall. It was Batman's own psyche that was about to fall, and he knew that if he faltered, he wasn't gonna be able to save Gotham. Yeah. So he got he basically tricked Night tricked Nightwing into uh, thinking that he was gonna submit to just being thrown in the cell, and hopefully something good comes out of it. But then it also comes into you know, you're, you're Batman. This is your town. You have put so much time and effort into this in, yeah. in, into this town and protecting it from all these kooky, crazy bastards that apparently aren't in prison. <laughs> yeah. I will give it, though, that uh, the Arkham City and uh, Arkham Knight games do beat Arkham Asylum in terms of story. Mm. Like, the a lot of the dialogue in Arkham Asylum, like, Batman's dialogue when he says uh, I eat punks like these for breakfast it just feels like yeah I mean we, we just tr- trying to have Batman sound tough Kevin Conroy can you just say this line but in yeah in, in Arkham City being able to go through this entire storyline that leads into the death of the Joker felt very bittersweet because he, he didn't want to kill him he yeah. wanted to Make sure he got rehabilitated. That was going to be Batman's ultimate win. Yeah, that Joker no longer becomes the Joker. But it became it, it became a good death though for it, the Joker. It was a good death for the Joker. Um, but oh god, I don't know why. I just I like Arkham Knight a lot more than I like any of the other games. No, there's a lot to love from it. Yeah. I understand it. Did I just forget that Arkham Origin existed and calling it a trilogy? Um. You're not alone in that. I love Arkham Origins. And in fact, when Arkham Origins came out and Jim Sterling gave it a 3 out of 10, I was like, no, 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 no. I wouldn't call it a 3 out of 10. It's just, it's the early career of Batman. So he's he's learning the ropes. It also was not done by Rocksteady. No, it was not. Yeah. But it was it, it was still a good game in showing the, you know, origins of all these people. So. It's a good Christmas game. That is true. Yeah. Was, yeah. I got to replay through Origins. Yeah. I love that one. So what do you got for games? Oh, man. I've got a plethora of games that I was both disappointed in and loved. So as you know, I love myself roguelike games. Every single time I get into a roguelike game, I just love it to death, and I don't know why. It's it's the re- replayability and all of this sort of stuff. So when all of a sudden I saw that Paradox Entertainment was uh, releasing a new game... That was uh, that was supposed to be like a roguelike Victorian style, like Cthulhu esque. Uh, no, sorry, H.P. Lovecraft esque sort of uh, aesthetic. I was like, okay, I can probably get on board with this. And I'm going through this, and I'm going through this, and I'm trying to remember the name of the game. It's, I think it's like Overlooked or something like that. There's a reason why I don't really remember it all that often because I actually got angry at the game, not because it's like, oh my god, this game is like really tough and stuff like that. It's like there's not a lot of customization I can do with this. I'm used to my roguelike games giving me a hell of a lot of customizations and a hell of a lot of ways to play the game, but it's just it's so bland and boring and it also has like a really bad way of showing you how exactly enemies fight. So in games like this where it has boss battles, I kind of expect them to kind of walk me through the mechanics through other enemies that are fighting, like that that I'm supposed to be fighting. And it just 
it didn't stick with me. The name didn't stick with me. The aesthetics didn't stick with me. The boss battle, I just got thrown into it hardcore, and I was expected to learn from my few interactions with it. The the, the way that the enemies spawn, the way that anything happens, it's just, I, I, I couldn't get into it. So after a while, I like, after my last push through the boss, I just said to myself, this is really boring now that I actually start trying to get into it. Like, damn, this is really boring. Like, this isn't Darkest Dungeon where it's like I have different ways of trying to deal with a boss. Right. Like, I actually have to work my way to the boss. This one, it's just boring. Super boring. <laughs> and I really hated it. I don't remember the name of the game, so that doesn't help matters whatsoever. <laughs> but it's just, I I couldn't get into it. So I had to get myself a little bit of a palate cleanser, which is also when I noticed that Steam was telling me, hey, buddy, I see that you didn't like that game. You know what game you might like in order to palate cleanse? What's that, Steam? Destroy All Humans, getting a remastered. Yes. No, not a remastered. Uh, remake. Yeah, yeah, remake. And God damn, is it exactly how I remembered it. Do you have it? Yes, I do have it. Oh, buddy. And, okay, those of you that are probably a little bit younger than than both of us probably won't remember the Destroy All Humans franchise. So we had the Destroy All Humans, Destroy All Humans 2, Make make War Not Love, I think that's what it's called. And then, it, and then there was the really stupid Wii remake, Wii game called Way of the Fear, Path of the Fear on. D- don't worry about it. But Destroy All Humans, I loved it. The reason is is that like okay you're you're instead of like going after the alien you are the alien you are effectively the bad guy, and the way that it shows you is that like okay you, well you're an alien you're supposed to be going down there to get ready for an invasion you are like the vanguard of an invasion fleet that's supposed to go beat up people right now, that's pretty fucking cool okay, I can enjoy this, so, and and and. and God, I don't know where to start with this game. It's just so fucking good. From the weapons to the uh, physics that you can do, you can use your psych- uh, psychokinesis in order to pick up objects like people, cars, cows, chickens. <laughs> yeah. It, just all of these different stuff, and it's so much fucking fun. Like, it, it and, and I love the way old games used to do this, where in order to show you new mechanics, it gave you a mission that specifically attempted to show you what these mechanics would do. Like, there's uh, the second mission in the game is supposed to show you, like, you actually have ways of getting around town and getting all of these secrets by putting on a, uh, a hollow, like a hollow disguise. And kind of walking around among the humans, like just kind of getting intel or like getting into locations. Like eavesdropping? Yeah, like eavesdropping and stuff like that, reading people's minds, uh, causing them to go insane and like start beating people up. And it's just, it's so much fun because it's, it's just fun. Every single time I got into the game, I'm not expecting like, oh no, really. Like oh like like nitty gritty bullshit like this no it, it like it, oh man like I feel bad for destroying these humans no you don't feel bad for destroying these humans because they're dumbasses <laughs> yeah yeah um it's just oh, God 
I don't know how to put it into the terms. It's just wacky fun. It's like wacky's 1950s science fiction fun. And goddamn, does it feel good. It feeds off of the whole, like, communism. Communism is bad, and so the government starts blaming all of these weird happenings that you are doing on communists that are attempting to destroy your way of life. What about the exploding cows? Uh, it's just the, gr- it's the grass, nutrients in the grass. Oh, okay. Wait, wait a minute. What about the giant flying saucer? Well, technically, we should be worrying about the communists wanting to destroy your way of life. <laughs> yeah. And you'd think that as people, they would get naturally suspicious, like about, like, okay, you're blaming this on the communists a lot. We should get suspicious about... No, you get applauses. <laughs> fuck the commies <laughs> fuck the commies fuck the commies Dirk yeah fuck the commies oh, fuck the commies yeah fuck the commies yeah. ignore the glowing exploding cows and the fact that there are scientists that are testing them don't worry about that part just don't worry about it Mm-mm. just commies mm-hmm. yeah commies oh wait a minute what about the fact that we just lost our uh we just lost our uh, you know very beautiful young uh Miss Roswell, um, communism bad, capitalism good. Yeah, that's something I can get. I can get behind. Thank you, Mister Mayor. <laughs> You're okay now. Go go along your normal human daily lives. I am also human. I will now be going into this cornfield and disappearing. Okay. And thus the mission ended. <laughs> God damn. God, it was just. It's so much fun. Oh, God. And then after that, after I got my good old nostalgia trip off of that, I decided to jump back onto a game because it actually came out with a new update. Yeah. The game's called Paladins. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about it before on the show, but I don't know why. Every single time that I think that, oh, okay, well, I'll go play other games, I always just come back to Paladins. I don't know what it is. I guess it's the movement. I, I it's, the, it's the characters. It just feels good to play the game. Don't get me wrong. There are bugs out the wazoo sometimes, but that's beside the point. It just, it feels good to play Paladins. And I I cannot for the life of me figure out why. I'm, I'm, I'm okay at the game. But damn, it feels fucking good. Yeah. Uh, you sent me a screenshot earlier this week, or, or like last week, uh, about a victory. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us about that? So there's a character in uh, in Paladins that is known as Khan. Without getting too much into the lore, basically he is. Oh God, how do how do I put this? He has a shield. He has a repeating gun. He likes grabbing people and throwing them back into your team so that way they can finish them off. He has an invulnerable aura that he pops out every every once in a while whenever you try and activate that skill that heals your that heals your allies. And of course, there is an ultimate where he just looks at someone that's from across the map and grabs them and pulls them in and he just holds them up there for everyone to shoot at. Well, that sounds pretty cool, but you know what it requires? You know what I require you to have when What's playing that? this character? Americon. <laughs> Americon is the greatest skin God has ever created for paladins. Yeah. Every time that you pick Americon, every time you pick Gon, uh, that you pick Khan, 
and you don't have the American skin on, George Washington weeps. Do you want to make George Washington sad? Of course not. Of course not. So you, of course, wait until American hits the field, and then during the uh, during during the countdown to the actual game, American reminds you. It's going to be patriotic as fuck up in here. And he likes his drinks in big and three sizes. Big, large, and big daddy. (laughs) It's great because every single time I play him, every once in a while, the fucking, he he throws out these stupid fucking one-liners and shit like that where it's just like, you you put you put up your shield and you just hear get down mr president and it's the greatest damn thing i have ever done in my life because you play him like reinhardt if you've played overwatch okay you see that someone's getting picked on by this communist chinese japanese well, i don't know what he is this weeaboo trash is bullying your wolf waifu gf lolly so you <laughs> jump down you grab him you throw him away, and then you pet the lolly on the head. And then you go and liberate. Liberate. You liberate the battlefield from this unpatriotic scum. How dare they not have patriotic skins? So you beat them to death. You're, you're right. How dare they? And, and his ults, when he grabs people, it plays the most American patriotic theme in existence. As he just like yells, you're mine, and he just grabs someone from across the field. Just like grandiose, patriotic music is playing in the background as he's holding up this guy. <laughs> and everyone just starts shooting at him because there's just a guy in front of you now. <laughs> like, how can you not shoot at this man? Yeah, yeah. And, oh, God, it's just so much fun to play as Americon. God damn. about to get patriotic as fuck up in here. <laughs> All right, any other games? Uh well I right now I have Tyranny downloading on my computer. That's right. I, I started I started downloading when I was uh when I left to go and record over here at Papa Dirk's Casa, and uh, I'm probably gonna be playing that for a little while just to see, like if I like it I'm gonna definitely keep it. But I feel yeah. like I'm, I feel like I'm gonna like it. I want to know your thoughts on it as yeah. you progress. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get into the uh, gaming news. Mm-hmm. Gaming news. So for the first bit of news, one of my favorite role-playing games, which is Pathfinder Kingmaker, Mm -hmm. is getting updates. Mm -hmm. And it is also getting a console release coming to the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 in late August. But it is also getting... A new uh, new combat uh, update here, and you're gonna be able to do turn-based combat instead of just the real time with pause. That to me is a tremendous deal because that feels much more like being able to sit down and play Pathfinder as it was already. Now, don't get me wrong; the base game, when it comes down to you know the real time strategy and stuff like that, you could modify it to where after everyone has you know done something you can pause the game you can look at what exactly is happening on the battlefield yep. and then change everyone's actions depending on what just happened yeah so if you just killed off 
if you killed off an enemy that everyone was focusing on, you can then start throwing people on different on on other different enemies that are hitting you. Say that someone that you see that someone's about to cast a big spell, you can immediately get everyone to move out of range, which is really big. Yep. And so putting that into perspective of what's g- about how Pathfinder is going to be working from now on with that turn-based oh, that turn-based gameplay. I think it's going to be very healthy for it. I think so too. Because at one point you're going to start looking at this game and you're you're going to get upset sometimes, especially at the real time part, because it's like there's so much going on. You can't properly coordinate everything because you don't know whether or not they're going to be able to cast their spells because you're, you're just trying to focus on other things during the battle. You won't notice that someone's casting a fireball because you are you're too focused on like trying to figure out like okay what exactly is going on here real quick i need to slow this down i'm going to okay well fireballed cool mm-hmm. so this is going to be pretty healthy for the game in my opinion especially for people that you know are itching to get into pathfinder again because now they they can actually have their own way of playing the game and actually playing it at the pace that they would have when playing pathfinder so yeah kudos on them owlcat but keep 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 working on the Crusader one. Please do that. I, I, yeah. I, I, I want to play my Crusader very yeah. soon. But at the same time, though, if this works out well for the turn-based, then that's going to bring Kingmaker up to my level of love for Divinity Original Sin 2. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. Because I think that this one's probably going to be their last major update for Kingmaker until they finally bring out... Uh, Fuck! What is the, what is the name of it? Uh, War of the Righteous. I think that's yeah. what it's called. Wrath of the Righteous. Wrath of the Righteous. Yes. So when that finally comes out, I'm gonna be excited for it. Uh, I was very unfortunate enough to have too many other things going on that I did not get a that I did not kickstart the thing, and I feel, I did. I feel sad because I wanted it to come out soon. I mean, I wanted to get into the beta of it, but yeah. Oh well. Yeah. I I just want the game when it comes out. I trust Alcat with this one. Yes. Do they uh do they ever throw a release date at us like at least a year or, or something like that? Um, all all I see that it is uh it's gonna be coming out in twenty twenty one, but I don't really know anything further than that. Damn, damn. Yeah. yeah. So if anybody has further detail for us, please like hit us hit us up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, up next, let's see here. Uh, Discord communities launches as it expands outside of gaming. This is from TechRaptor. New Discord communities features have been made have made their debut as the video and voice chat service expands beyond the realm of gaming where it got its start. If you're a gamer, you may be a bit lost. Isn't Discord that program that lets you chat with your friends while you game? It is. And uh, but the company signaled a sort of rebranding as it moves outside the gaming world in a blog post late last month. Now Discord has detailed what exactly a community is, how it will work, and what sort of benefits it will give to the servers who sign up for this optional program. This isn't for everyone, though. Now, uh, let's see here. Simply put, Discord communities are simply big Discord servers. In fact, communities are being limited at launch to servers that meet one or more of the following qualifications. 10,000 members, partnered servers, or verified servers. So if you don't meet that, you do not get to have uh, one of these uh, big Discord communities. Now then, that's actually pretty healthy. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, because you, we already see a lot of these big game companies 
having Discord servers. They opened it up so that way people can actually have like a place where they can go in order to find games, in order to talk to people more about the game, and to and for basically video game YouTubers to talk and interact with their community. The one that I follow right now is uh, Magikarp Used Fly. I think I've shown you a few videos here, Dirk, about what he is and who his friends are. And it's just... And he interacts with them nearly almost every day. I mean, he's busy editing, he's busy recording, he's busy doing all this other stuff. But every once in a while, so, uh, he will come down from the ramparts, uh, joke, about, uh, joke about how he wants to uh, physically die, and then... <laughs> And then realizes that he forgot to paint minis, and then we'll fuck off to go and do that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, next, the new Diablo Immortal trailer came from China Joy 2020, mm. and it looks like Diablo 3, and it looks like it's supposed to feel kind of like Diablo 3. I don't quite know how it's supposed to control on a phone, though, and I'm waiting to see how that's going to work. Granted, though... I'm not excited for this game, but I'm still curious to see how that's going to work, though. Uh, every single time I think about Immortals, I just remember, don't you guys have phones? Yeah. And that immediately kind of turns me off. Yeah, Blizzard really poisoned the well with that one already. They, they revealed a mobile game at a fucking video game convention for PC gamers. Yes! PC they... and console gamers. If they would have said that, hey... We're gonna talk. I've already talked about this way too much. One of the first questions was like, "When are we gonna get a PC release for this?" Yeah, it's dumb. Yeah, is this an out of season April Fool's joke? <laughs> Richard uh, guy, I believe in you. <laughs> Up next, Anthem loot changes aims for quote no more useless items. Anthem exists still. Exactly. Uh, That's exactly it. And finally. Civilization VI is getting what is called the Ethiopia Pack for Secret Societies. Ooh. And this is from GameRant.com. The new Secret Societies mo mode adds a supernatural twist to Civilization VI with ley lines, old gods, and even vampires coming to the strategy title. And I might get Civ VI now. I want... I want Mongolian throat-singing vampires... I know that I won't get this. I want Maui Cthulhu worshipping cults. <laughs> so the the Civilization VI New Frontier Pass is a series of DLC packs for Fire Axis's historical strategy title, which will be re released bi-monthly from May 2020 until March 2021. This Civ VI DLC lineup will eventually include eight new civilizations, nine new leaders, and six new game modes. It's going to be... I don't know. Well, I'll see how it is. I have my qualms when it comes down to Civ Six, yeah. so I'm not going to try and get it too far into it. If you enjoyed the game, it is your prerogative to enjoy the game. Just that, not only do I have other things that I need to play and re review and stuff like that, but you know, if it works and it catches our attention, we'll pick it up. Yeah, yeah. But right now, got other stuff. Yep. So that's what I have for gaming news. Let's go ahead and get into the topic of the week. Topic of the week. 
So uh, there's a term that's going around called that guy and being that guy. And by that guy, we might mean the person that makes it less fun to be playing tabletop games. And Stev, you, you might be expanding into the, uh, the the video game territory as well, mm-hmm. but this inspiration came from a video talking about being that guy in tabletop gaming, very specifically Warhammer 40k, but I think it is actually worth expanding on because, so if you're being that guy in a tabletop game, specifically in Warhammer 40k, trying to do whatever you can to make sure that you win uh, by any means necessary at the expense of the fun of the person that you are playing against, and then all of a sudden you realize, hey, uh, nobody wants to play the games with me. Why doesn't anybody want to do that? So... Before I get into that guyism, I like sharing my story about the first time I actually met that guy. This was back when I had just moved to Cedar Rapids. And I had just found Tempest Games. I was getting into War Machine at the time before I got into 40K, really. And there was a guy that was neckbeardy AF. Let's just put it at that. He was a neckbeardy AF. He was, he 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 really liked overstating, like how well his army does. And me being like the little 13, 14 year old shithead that I am, I'm like, oh, it's a new person that I can play with. Yay! Everyone that was older than me understood that this guy was not this guy. This guy implies that, you know, this is the guy that brings the treats and the snacks to your RPG group. This is the guy that says, you know what? I'll let you re-roll that because that was a pretty shitty way that you act- that you actually rolled that. And you got a, you got a shitty result for that. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you re-roll that. I'll let you go back on some of these things and I'll let you I'll 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 let you do all this other stuff. He is this guy is here to make sure that everyone has fun, including the people that are losing. Like, that's, like, this guy, you know? Yeah. That guy, okay, here we go. So, I was playing the faction known as Menoth. He was playing a faction known as Menoth. And so, he looked over at me and he said, Hey, you want to play a game of, 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 of War Machine? I'm like, okay. And immediately, there were some other guys that I noticed, like, a, a, couple, of, a couple of my friends at the time. Well, still my friends at the t- uh, still my friends now, but... They were kind of looking over and saying, like, okay, this guy, this guy's bringing, like, a weird-ass fucking list. And they they asked me, hey, Stev, you're still learning the game. You want me to run this through? Like, no, I want to I wanna, I wanna learn it on my own. I'm going to forget some things, but that's okay. I'm like, okay. okay. Okay, buddy. Just just let us know if you need anything, okay? Okay. You guys are being really nice for once, but all right. <laughs> so we start playing the game, and... Almost immediately, I noticed that he was over-measuring things, but I didn't want to say anything because I'm like, oh, maybe he's new to the game too. And what do you mean by over-measuring? So basically, in 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 games for uh, like tabletop games, tape measures are everything. Like everyone likes having precise measurements. No one likes it when like things get misaligned or anything like that. Because if you misalign in uh, in War Machine. That could cost you pretty much a game or that character. So making sure that everything gets precisely in range of everything else. 
is very big in the war in the war machine war hordes community because if you don't get that if you don't get your measurements right the first time you're going to fuck up hardcore and it's going to it's going to feel bad and you're going to start kicking yourself in the head it's like i should have i should have known that this was going to be happening i overestimated how how far i was going to move i overestimated like how i was going to strategically push everything i i under missed i I messed up a charge that costed me the game. I feel bad now. This guy was putting things out a little too far out of position. Like, okay, well, just kind of putting this over here. Like, oh, that it looks like he overmeasured or he accidentally bumped his model. But he accidentally bumped his model a little too much. I'm like, hey, but me being the 13, 14-year-old playing against a 30-something... It's like okay, he's obviously he he knows what he's doing. He'll I don't know. He'll he, there there's got to be something that he that he has up his sleeve that's allowing him to do that. So I didn't ask any questions. First mistake for mine. And I'm playing and I'm and I'm fighting hardcore and I'm using the models out of the starter kit for Menoth, which is Krios two. I think that's what he was. And um, I'm just trying my best. Well, he's throwing out all these rules that I really don't know about and I'm like um okay like how, how does this work well obviously if you read the rules it works like this yada 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 you get the idea things were not moving the way that I had been taught that they were supposed to be moving things were not interacting the way that I thought they were going to be interacting because I've played against other veterans and they were telling me this is exactly how it actually is like you can actually do this right now on this character activate it and I'll tell you exactly what's uh what you can do in order to do what I what I was doing like pushing grabbing doing all this sort of stuff I'm like okay and a little by a little while into the game I killed one of the solos and he got salty I'm like well I mean that's what happens when you put it well, put all of your overpowered buffs onto this one warjack I'm like but that that's that's what's supposed to happen. I wanted to kill that thing really hard, or else it was gonna mess up my entire plan. Well, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a dick move to do, though, bro. Uh, uh, okay, I won't. Okay, do that. yeah, I won't do that next time, I guess. So I spread out my buffs, and then he started accidentally not remembering that something took damage or he outright seriously stated, he outright stated like well actually you were supposed to get one higher than what you got so you actually failed i'm like okay and you were how old i would think i was like 13 at the time okay and it's like i'm playing through this and like one of the veterans of the, of the warm hordes community there like walks over and he starts watching the game and i noticed that he started getting a little antsy and a little frustrated at the other guy but he didn't want to say anything. He just wanted to see like whether or not he was going to do something stupid and like just outright cheat. And um but here's the big thing. Even at an early age, I knew how to play the game. I knew exactly what I needed to do with all my units. So there was a part where it's like, "Oh my god, I just put myself in a perfect position in order to knock all of his guys down and go for a warcaster kill." I'm going to fucking do that right now and just end the game. And so I do that. I I pop my ultimate feat, which um, in, in, in War Hordes, those of you that don't know, a feat for a Warcaster, which is the leader of your, of your group, is a very powerful ability that will just immediately turn the game on its head. 
if you pop that ult too early, you fuck up. You pop it too late, well, it's too late. You pop it at just the right time, that turns the game hardcore. So I was going for something that is known as a caster kill. When you kill the enemy caster, you automatically win the game. It's just like capturing the king in chess. Right. You you win the game. So I go in there. I put up so much focus on there that I didn't put I didn't put any sort of energy counters on any of my other like warjacks, which are basically these giant steampunk me- uh, giant steampunk mechas. I'm like, okay, this is an all or nothing game, and I go in and I beat him up, and I win the game. Like this was my actual first win playing War Machine. I was really proud of myself, and like I, I said, oh my god, I actually won a game for once. Yeah. And the veterans like saying, yeah, you you did really good. I'm like, and courtesy at Tempest, you shake hands before and after the match. I'm like, well, I mean, hey, it was a good game. You you. You, you got me on the ropes there for a while. You, like, I'm not going to lie. You got me in the first half. And he just started putting his models away. Oh, he got salty. Yeah. He mumbled something about Krios being overpowered and me being a power fag. I didn't know what that meant. So I'm like, I, I, I guess I'm just powerful. And how old was this guy? This guy had to have been 30. What a fucking loser. Tell me about it. He never came. He never came back into the game. I mean, he never came back into the store. After the game, the uh, another veteran came over and says, "Like, you know, that guy was cheating, right?" I'm like, I kind of assume so, but I didn't want to say anything. So, did, yeah, you beat a guy that was cheating. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, he's just straight up asked me, "Did you win?" Like, yeah, I went for a caster kill. I knocked down all of his models, and then I went for the caster. Huh. And you. You won against him. Like, yeah. Even though he was blatantly cheating on most of those parts. Yeah. Wait, What? how was he cheating? And he started telling me, like, okay, he didn't have any modifiers to your, to your dice rolls. You know that, right? Like, I know that you haven't played this game for very long, but, like, there, there's got to be points where you got to say to yourself, okay, that doesn't sound right. Let me see your, let me see the cards real quick, which are basically the the unit details for each of your for each of your units. And the guys just basically straight up told me like, yeah, these characters should have died a long time ago. These characters should have died a long time ago. This guy should have di- uh, should have not been able to do what he was doing. He was and this is this is a tournament list, like competitive tournament list. He just didn't know how to play it. Because he thought he he looked it up online, said that yeah this is overpowered I can play this, and then forgot that there's a reason why it's powerful, because you have to know how synergy works. He didn't know how to play the army and he got his ass handed to him by a by you, a very new newcomer to the game. Oh, so what you're saying is. If anyone else in this store played that army, you probably wouldn't. You, you probably would have gotten creamed. Yeah. Oh, that makes me feel better somehow. <laughs> and it's just that was my first interaction with of that guy. So let's break it down. How exactly this works? Yeah. That guy will always power game. He won't play the game the way it was meant to be played by, you know incorporating a lot of these different rules in order to make a robust list 
He got it off the internet because he said because people said that it was very powerful. He didn't understand the nuances of the game. And he only got that list because, you know, oh man, this this list does really good in tournaments. And just never figured that, you know, it required a little bit more strategy to it. So number one, always picks the overpowered lists. Always picks the overpowered characters. Always does the overpowered strategies, even though they're scummy as shit. Number two, will always constantly try and find ways to make sure that he never loses. This can come from extremely obscure rules to misinterpreting rules in order to gain favor to outright ignoring rules. So that way it makes it sound like, you know, he wasn't going to lose. Three, they will always attempt to make you feel bad about using a winning combination, even though they would have used it too if they were in your shoes. And four, finally, unsportsmanlike conduct. If someone offers your hand and says, hey, good game, you had me on the ropes, shake that man's hand, yep. and, and, and just talk about how that game went. A good friend of mine that no longer lives in, 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 in our state like, Godspeed, I doubt he ever listens to the podcast, but he is basically how how I set my moral compass. I always shake my, uh, always shake their hands before the game starts. Always explain what your, what your things do. Always explain what you're doing at that moment. So if you're moving models, you just say, all right, I'm going to move this guy six inches over to this area. Or I'm going to move my character this way, this many spaces. Stuff like that. And at the end of the game, yeah, if, 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 the, if the other guy has time to, talk about how, how, how your thought process was so that way everyone can understand on retrospect what they should have done differently. That is how I was taught to play the game. Can I add something to that too? Yo. If you're the loser, you should be the one to extend your your handshake. It really goes either way because the loser is probably at that point just kind of looking down like, "Oh shit." Yeah. Cuz at that point they're they're looking down and saying, "Fuck, I should have done things way differently." Cuz I I think it says a lot about a person if they are the loser and they don't extend the handshake. Yeah, I mean, it's how I I was, it's how I kind of was, was brought up here. Yeah. And it's, it's just, just shake the other man's hand. Now, if it turns out he's been putting his fucking hands, pants and doing all that sort of weird shit, probably don't touch that hand. (laughs) If he licks, if he licks the hand and tries to like say, okay, shake hand now. Like, oh oh, no, I have to, don't I? Like, "Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm. Oh no, I don't like this at all. Mm, yeah, do you like my saliva all over your hand? Why is your hand wet? Oh God, it's because it's, I got excited playing with you, it's Stev. Not, it's not even hot in here. Oh God, <laughs> it's is, winter time. Oh, why is there mayo on your hand, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a sandwich. Uh, but it's just you always ex- just if they offer their hand for a handshake, just shake it. Just say, you know what? I lost. I'm going to be the good sport. Shake the hand. There you yeah. go. 
it's the same thing when it comes down to, you know, Magic the Gathering. If it was a close match, hey, that was a really, really tough game, really good game. Shake their hand. Yeah. Don't fucking mope. People fucking hate it when all of a sudden you start throwing your shit around after a loss. It makes yes. them feel bad. It makes everyone else feel bad. You bring down the mood in the room. And nobody wants to deal with you. No one wants to deal with you. When you like inevitably get salty in games, I've been salty in games, and I've noticed that it's it's a shitty thing to do. Yeah. It just feels bad. Don't shit talk. Don't do any of this stuff during the game. Just, you're here to have a good time. It's a fucking game. And if you shit talk, make sure it's in fun spirit, though. Yeah, make sure, and, and make sure the fun spirit. Make sure the opponent knows this, too. Yeah. Like, when I get into, if I get into Pokemon Go, and I'm getting into Team uh, Valorant, like, you know I got into it for the shit talking. But I try to make it fun. Like, hey, I, I, I see a bunch of uh, yellow pasty eaters here, huh? Like, you know, that's kind of shit talking that I do. Yeah, just, but, like, fucking do the JonTron thing during the fucking, what's it, the, the, the werewolf movie with yeah. the vampire, but, but actually was a werewolf, and just start zipping, like, putting, like, zipping up and down your fly real fast, like, oh, look at that, hey, man. Hey, like, man. Yeah, hey, oh, a couple of wise guys over here. Zip, 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 zip. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Big dick energy. <laughs> so for, for being that guy in role-playing games, I think I can actually say something about this. Now, in in terms of Dungeons and, in Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder, in modern gaming, it allows a person to do power builds. Yes. Whereas in a game like Dungeon Crawl Classics, you put on your red shirt and you go out there and hope to God that you live. Mm-hmm. So it, it tries to bring you down into the the basic functions of your character. Yeah. Whereas uh, in, in in today's gaming, that's not so much the case, and people are able to to uh, create a character not because they feel like they would have an enjoyable time role playing as it, but because they would be able to uh, just cream everything that comes into their way. Now, yeah. granted. I like playing as a barbarian because I like slamming the shit out of things with my great axe. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. I love uh, cleaving a good old goblin, taking the head and throwing it at the goblin group that is coming at me yeah. just to fuck with them. And I try to be creative with how I do my kills, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to be uh, a character that's threatening. I want to be able to do things that are memorable, not just for myself, but for other players, too. Because if you do things that are memorable, then they're going to look at you when they're creating their next group. Mm-hmm. Now, in in being a person that is power building, but also hammering on every rule as much as possible to the point where nobody wants to deal with you because of how overly critical you are of everything that is being done, mm-hmm. that makes you that guy. Yeah. Um, there are people who will um, argue about everything in the game, just to be able to have it go their way. When in reality, if you're doing a role-playing game, you have to accept chaos and embrace it. Things are going to go in ways that you do not expect. And if, if the GM is a good GM, they understand the rules and understand how to apply them. So if I have a friend who would roll to convince a king that the player's character was the king's son. Mm-hmm. And somehow the roles would make it so that it would happen. But if you were to have me as a GM, 
I would see to what you're doing and say, no, you need to do a stop it. This is not going to continue. Mm-hmm. Let's see how this would actually play out. If you had someone that was trying to convince King that like, yeah, you, you, you're, you did uh, sleep with a woman who birthed me. Yep. I'm your son. Mm-hmm. There's gotta be some kind of, founding into the reality of the game that you're playing yeah. it cannot be so over the top silly that that if you imagine it it happens yeah. like you you've you've got to be able to give some give with this yeah. now there's of course i always have stories about this because i mean me, me and me and dirk have been in the fucking role-playing community since god knows how long ago. yeah but I, the one time where you can still be that guy and you can like you can be the DM and you can still be that guy. So the other story that I also enjoy is just because the rule of cool exists doesn't mean that you should always do it. Because here's the big fucking issue. After a while, the rule of cool starts getting into the rule of stupid where you just start ignoring rules that are the baseline of a character. For instance, I was a part of a party. We were going through town, and our rogue character, basically uh, basically the DM said, okay, everyone roll a perception check. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be rolling a perception check. Cool. I rolled this. Boom. This is from this is from the point of a, a, a point of view from another guy. He, he was playing a rogue, so rogues are really good at you know detecting traps and stuff like that. Like that's that's their entire shtick. And so he says, "All right, I got this number." DM says, "Oh, if you would have gotten like literally a point over, you would have gotten it." But no, not this time. Everyone make a reflex save. Like blah blah blah. You get the idea. It was a confusion trap out of fucking nowhere against a group of level three characters confusion in pathfinder especially on lower level characters especially mass confusion will fuck the party regardless of what happens and it's not fun because that spell shouldn't be used against lower level players if you're going to be going for like incapacitations or something like that just use a sleep spell just use a high DC sleep spell so that way the, the characters would get would get cornered, crushed, and basically thrown into a jail cell. Well, as it turns out, the guys the like as we're about to roll reflex saves, the uh player decided to say uh like looked over and says, It's a trap, right? Like, yeah, okay, before anyone set before anyone rolls that, hey, I'm I'm a thief. I'm a rogue. Detecting traps is what I do. So if it's a trap, I get this to my roll. And the DM says, well, okay, you saw it, but this guy didn't see it. I'm like, that's not how this works. That is not how this works. And because he brought up the most basic rule of all that everyone knows, everyone knows that rogues know how to do shit. They know, they they are the skill monkeys. They detect traps, they disarm traps, they get into the treasure chests, and they get out. They're the scouts. Rolling that perception check obviously meant that that player saw what was happening. He saw the trap. Yeah. That is... That's basic. But the GM wanted to keep going. He, he like, oh, no, I... I, I 
he 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 activated the trap like but i saw it i would have told everyone like hey hold up boys and girls everyone just stop there's a trap every other time it's the same damn thing every other gm i've been under same damn thing rogue saw it he tells everyone to stop i assume uh-huh tells everyone to stop there's a trap boopity boop there you go. Crisis averted. Right. Boom. But no. The GM says, well, in order to uh, keep the story going. No. That was the first time I had ever seen a human being actually rage quit out of a session. Just as. Really? He was. He he knew how the game worked. Like, if I see the trap, I will tell the people. The GM immediately accused the three youngest in the group of power gaming in metagame. So that's that's that player's character. He knows what he's doing. Just because we're the youngest doesn't mean that we're power gaming. And he starts going on to accusatory rant, and that was it for that player. He just tore up his character sheet, walked away. I, I was almost there, but at the same time, it's like, I just want to keep playing... But then after a while, it just kind of started turning into, okay, you're obviously just hitting me with all this bullshit. This is not, no, this is no longer fun for me to play into. Well, it sounds like the GM was just taking a power trip with the the role-playing game. He was. There were multiple points in the story where it's like, this is obviously someone's Mary Sue character. Like, this is obviously a Gary Stu moment. Yeah. The same person also had a Star Wars character that was apparently a Jedi Padawan that was very proficient in the force that he made and allowed another player to take up and it's like this is not mm, nope nope I try to stay away from DM DM NPCs DM DM PCs yeah DM PCs because it's I'm going to be I'm going to accidentally like let loose that hey this is I, I this is my way of playing the game now. Like I kinda don't want to get into that because I know for a fact I'm gonna try and make it live. Like that's that's just a matter of that's just a matter of fact. A DM right. PC usually will always be a little overpowered. But at the same time, DM PCs can also bring a skill that the party lacks. Like they know where the thing is, the MacGuffin. To follow him and keep him safe, or else the Mag- or else he won't be able to get to the MacGuffin unless the 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 PC just happens to have a map and says, "Well, fucking here you go." I am now the beast, and he disappears from the world. Usually, how I want to run my guys, but well, th- there's a video from Brova Alphabusa that I I fucking love. Every once in a while, I'll watch through that video again, even though it's about an hour long, where it it uh, has all the main characters playing a role playing game together. And uh, Magnus is is the GM, mm-hmm. and he he goes on a power trip as being the GM, uh, getting called out saying, "No, you're you're being a bad GM. Now we're just going to play to spite you." And it is such a great representation of how uh, some things can go wrong in in game in tabletop gaming, but also maybe some of the attitudes you can you can take if that kind of thing happens in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like if I understand that my GM is is having that kind of power trip yeah i I might actually try to do things just just despite the gm yeah not to be that guy myself 
Yeah. But to to use the rules to my advantage. Yeah. And so besides the the war gaming and besides the uh, role playing games, so for games like Magic the Gathering, what do you think makes somebody that guy? So there are there are decks out there called net decks. You pick the deck out of the internet. You look up the best deck that you can that you can get. Spend all of this money on it, and basically always play that one deck because it's unbeatable. You 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 know the combo, so you just always just play that deck because it's the most powerful deck. That's not fun to play against. I've tr- I mean I've tried somebody's net deck, and it's kind of boring. Like it's like I I don't like playing these sorts of decks. Stop it! I want to play my bird deck. My bird deck is fun. <laughs> See, okay, so a, a net deck. I, I think I've actually done that back in 2014 when I was doing a Taurus deck, and uh, it was a it was a red burn deck. And I, I had a, a thing is, I when I looked at it, I realized okay, this this is a deck that is built to be able to try to win games. Mm-hmm. It is also cheap. I was like what, 30 bucks to get the cards for the deck. Hmm. But the biggest part of it was that it's fun. Mm-hmm. It was fun using these Tauruses in the way that it, that uh, I was able to. And uh, I'm not the greatest at creating decks myself. In fact, what I tend to do is if a magic set comes out, I will buy myself a fat pack so I get nine packs to go through and I build a deck based off of what I have and try it out. That is, to me, the most fun way of playing Magic the Gathering, but I also understand that everybody else that I'm playing with in Friday Night Magic is going to be spending a lot more money on their decks than I am, yeah. just because I'm not willing to do so. Because I'm, I'm buying pieces of cardboard, for fuck's sake. Yeah. So I, I'm already at a disadvantage because of how I, I buy my cards, I yeah. guess. And that, I guess that's why I keep falling in and out of magic. Because at one point, I, I really like the card art. Like, yeah. Ravnica is my baby. Every single time I look at Ravnica, it's like, yes, I like this. I have all four angels just sitting in a deck that I really want to play. And it's just... Every single time I look at the cards, it's like, this is super fucking cool looking. Like, I really like these. I really like the characters. I really like the art for, like, Ravnica. I really like the art for Innistrad. I have almost a full angel deck at this point. The Ravnica era looked cool as shit. Yeah, the Ra- yeah. like Ra- the Ra- Ravnica City of Guilds returned to Ravnica as, like, guild, pa- guild packed. And, uh, fuck, what's the other one? There was one right after Guild Packs, but I'm 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 drawing a blank right now. Yeah. But that entire block was super fucking cool because it had a bunch of super fucking cool cards. Like it was different. It was awesome. It was right after Innistrad, and Innistrad is considered to be like one of the coolest like blocks that you could go through. And nowadays it's like I I don't really know what's happening anymore. Apparently like the god of death in Theros died. I don't know how that works, but okay. Who's the new god? A literal stupid gremlin skull person. I, okay. <laughs> yeah. Does it do anything cool? No, it's a funny little gremlin person, though. 
Okay. 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 I guess I'm just gonna put away. I'm just gonna set those cards aside. Are you not gonna buy any more card packs? No. Not after that. Yeah. I'm gonna go home now. Oh, you're not gonna play in the draft? No. No. <laughs> no. I've I've had those moments in Magic the Gathering where I just I stop having fun. And it's like I want to go home, but. I don't want to be that guy and just leave from getting pissed off. Like, it wasn't even that. It was just like I, somebody was telling me about it, and it's like, oh, uh, yeah, I really like that god, actually. I kind of don't want to play anymore now. Yeah. Like, oh, so, but I mean, like, this new set's going to be cool. Is this the, Is this the set that has the stupid card in it? Y- yeah. No. No, I'm going to just put these back now. Yeah. I'm going to go and buy 40K models now. <laughs> this will be the last time you see me over the, at this location. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, man. Like, oh, God, I don't know. I, I, I have my qualms with Magic, but it's like those cards get banned. They get rotated out. Meanwhile, my 2,000 points of sisters will never get rotated out. My 2,000 points of Dark Eldar will never get rotated out. I swear to God, if you were not as big into the sisters as you are right now, I would totally just play that faction. But really into sisters. Because you're really into sisters, it makes me want to look elsewhere in the uh, the 40K franchise to see what else I can play as. I, 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 I go hard into every army. I know. I know. I have... I have three knights. No, I have more than three knights. I spent over $600 on big mechs, dude. What the fuck is wrong with me? Oh, Jesus, buddy. Jesus. At least I could I could like spend a good amount of money on, on Warhammer and not think, you know, maybe I'm wasting my money. Like, no, even if I don't play as the faction that I'm making and, and putting up, I can still like display them on my shelf or something. Yeah. At least have that, but so we're running over an hour and ten minutes into the episode here. Oh. So, as far as being that guy, let's go ahead and carry the subject into next week and talk about it in relation to gaming. Okay, and uh, unless we discover something else happens to us to uh, to bring in for topic of the week, we'll we'll stick with that the, that subject then. Yeah. So, this is a lot to cover through. <sighs> He killed a god of death. Like, like, how the fuck do you do that? I don't... He goes back. To... <laughs> you kill him. He just goes back home. The sisters have a tank that plays the organ. Yes, I know. One of my tanks they drop is literally churches. Yeah, I know. Do you know what my main battle line <sighs> tank is for the sisters? What I call it? What? To uh, like Takato and Fugue in D minor, the Bach. <laughs> organ music <laughs> there is literally a squad qual- uh, called the zephyrim they, they they speak in tongues and are always in a rapturous and strange state i just took it as them being anime girls you know what i call that squad what's that hollow live okay okay i have decided to commit to the meme Yes, I'm you have. I'm painting all of the. I, I'm painting yes. that entire squad different colors to match different members. Son, what? <laughs> the passion. Oh, the passion is so great. I've spent uh, six hours. <laughs> 
painting nothing but models on my days off. <laughs> this is your calling, buddy. Kill me. <laughs> I uh, haven't even touched the goddamn Indominus box yet. <laughs> I put together two models. All right, let's I go. I sold ahead. half the Space Marine set for like three pots of paints. Oh my god. All right. I don't want more Space Marines. <laughs> Just more girls. No, I just want my Necrons. <laughs> and I hate the look of the new... Fuck it. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up then. Thank you guys very much for listening to the show. If you like what we do, and if you want to support us, we have facebook.com slash arrogantmedia. Give us a follow. And also, we have patreon.com slash arrogantmedia for $5 per month. You get access into the Discord server that we run, so that way you can listen in as we record the episodes each week. So, be on the lookout for uh, any updates that we're going to be um, bringing in. Be on the lookout for the uh, guesting that I did in WKey Podcast. And until next time, fall damage. Okay. I basically... And it's just like I have the doggo, cute doggo doom slayer and smug <laughs> cat that's going to be in the army. And I've committed to this. Yes. They have pain on them right now. I swear to God, if it turns out any one of them figures this out, I'm never going to hear the end of it from you. I can just feel it. <laughs> I'm going to die inside. Hey there. Don't forget to subscribe to Madcast Shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Okay, bye. Madcast Media Network. <laughs>